Welcome to Jetcetera, folks, the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist, a lot of sports there, Mike McIntyre. Uh, it's kind of a sporty podcast, I guess. Whoa, what's going on out there, Mike? I'm looking actually at your window, Steve, which yeah. is kind of dusty. Did you see that? Well, you have the word sports. When you mention a lot of sports, I'm like, yeah, I actually saw that coming in. Who is that you that wrote the word sports? I did, folks. Um, the other day on uh, Friday, uh, oh, another colleague, Scott Gibbons, was looking into my office and he's like, like holy mackerel, your window's ever dirty. Right. I didn't really realize it. Um, and you I get thought, the sun I, shining in yeah, here, and so the it sun illuminates was it. In, right, yeah. it was illuminated. I was just like, oh, yeah, it is kind of <laughs> dirty. And I was just like, oh, maybe I can clean it. So then I was finding some cleaning solution. But I thought, you know what? Before I'm going to clean it, I'm going to write something in it. And so I wrote sports. Sports. I, I, was, I wrote it thinking that the boss, Min, would see it and he'd get a chuckle. I think he's looked at it twice and not said anything. So. Oh, it's the first thing I noticed when I walked into your office it's today. It's kind of cool. It is. I might leave it. It's like how people write, like, wash me on in the back of a dirty right. car. That's what it looks like, folks. So yeah. there's sports written in the window. Um, Just in case there's any confusion about what goes on in here. In here, yeah. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> the NHL is going to dust off. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is episode season. 43. And today, uh, we'll be talking finally, as you said, Mike, about the NHL dusting off its uh, equipment and planning to return to play, it looks like. Uh, right? Yeah, they're going to yeah. play. Yeah. The Jets getting a code red exemption to hold their training camp in Winnipeg. The high number of positive COVID tests that may put the World Juniors in jeopardy. I hope I get this name right. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and good. Alfonso Davies being named co-winners of the Lou Marsh Award and my constri- continuing struggles to get fed. And the idea, this is a new one, I think, Mike, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on tipping on takeout. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, we, we will address that. Yeah. So first period, here we are, uh, 20, 20, 20, 21 season. I sent out a memo you to did, the staff. Which made me chuckle. <laughs> we kept referring to the season as the 2020-2021 season. And I was like, we need to stop doing this because there's not going to be any games in 2020. Why are we all calling it the 2020-21 season? So um, it's hard to say. So the 2021, that's hard to say in itself. It is. Um, NHL season uh, looks like it will be starting in January. The owners and the the owners seem to back down. Uh, explain what happened, Mike. Well, so they, they went about two weeks without talking. Uh, there was a stalemate and it was over money, not COVID. Basically, the owners went back to the players. They said, yeah, you know that, that deal that we negotiated last summer that got us back to finish out last season um, and the CBA extension and we worked out how the money was going to be shared equally. Uh, Well, we need to reopen that because we're actually going to lose more money than we thought this coming season that uh, we didn't anticipate that we might have to play the whole season without fans. So we need to address this. The players said, take a hike. No. (laughs) Uh, Right. A deal's a deal. Um, now, the the interesting thing of all this to me is that the end result is going to be the same eventually. The owners are going to get their money back. It's just a question of how and when. 
the owners wanted the players to pay more now and basically less later under the way their their escrow calculation works, which is a 50-50 split of revenues, but also a 50-50 share of, of losses. Uh, the players say, no, we don't want to deal with this now. We want to make this coming season what we already agreed upon, which is ultimately going to be 72% of their salary, Steve. They're talking about a 56-game schedule. I haven't done the math. What's 56 of 82? That's oh about. God. That's probably about no 72%. Okay, let's say so. Um, but they're not going to be prorated salaries. Whether they played uh, 82 games or two games, the players were going to get 72% of their salaries under this previous agreement. But how many games they play will ultimately affect the kind of money they make further down the road because it's all got to balance out in the wash. So the owners... You know, it it wasn't maybe a hill to die on, in my opinion, because you're going to get paid anyways. Yeah, they're in it for the long term. Sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. These guys, most and of most them. of these most guys, of let's face it, most yeah. of these owners can afford to take a bit of a hit now, yeah. especially if they know that they're going to be made whole down the road. So can the players, by the way. They can. <clears throat> and, and you and I talked about this yesterday on the phone, Steve. It is an interesting situation. Let's say you're Patrick Laine and Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler has to be pretty happy to not have to deal with this, that he doesn't have to give up anything more than set this year. This year. Yeah, yeah. And he's even, got a long contract. He'll have he to does. Deal he with still it. has a few more years. At some point, Blake Wheeler will also have to. Maybe deal the with Wheelers, it. maybe Matthew Perot is the best example. He's making 4.5. Right. This is the last year of his deal. He'll be hard pressed to get another contract next year. Right. This may be it for Matthew Perot. He's going to make 72% of four and a half million. Pretty nice work. For a guy that can barely stay in the lineup. However, if you're Patrick Laine, you're a UF or RFA after this year, you're expecting to get paid significantly. You're probably going to owe, uh, first of all, you might not get the kind of money you thought you were going to get on your next contract because it's not available. The, the cap has stayed flat. But you also might owe a bigger chunk of that money back to the owners because this issue's been put down the road so yeah they're kicking the ball down the road here so that's like like you said at some point in time uh it will they'll split the revenues 50 50 and if there's no if there's there's going to be less revenues this year and there may be less revenues for a number of for years sure. and so eventually that will all even out, even out in the wash players and, uh, will have to make up for it yeah, future players are getting a bit of a they're getting uh it seems to me they're getting a bit of a raw deal here um, but you know, I guess that's, that's what they decided. So, I mean, it would have been silly to have a season not happen because of that issue when the end result is going to, you're going to get there one way or the other. Right. So the owners curiously, and they're not really known for backing down on a whole lot, right? I mean, if you look at past labor issues in the league, isn't it often Steve, the players that back down in this case, I guess the owners said, all right. We'll, we'll put this off. We'll stick with the original terms. And so now here we are uh, today. They're working out kind of the final details. I don't think anything that's going to be a sticking point. I mean, we're talking about how big a roster is going to be with the AHL not starting till February. Teams will be allowed to carry expanded rosters, the testing protocols, all that. But I would expect in the next few days, we're going to get uh, this whole thing is going to get signed off. There's a board of governors meeting later this afternoon. They're going to be apprised of what's happening. And the ball or the puck, I guess, is in motion. And you figure 
January 13th, Steve. That's basically four and a half weeks from now. That's that's the date they're targeting? Is that that's the, date the start date of the yeah. season. But then you have to back up. They're talking about 10 to 12-day training camps. So now you're talking about like January 1 or 3. And they're also talking about, remember those poor seven teams that never even got to come back in the summer? They haven't played a hockey game like since March. They're going to actually give them... Uh, uh, an extra few days of camp. I don't know what that'll really. <laughs> what? Why would what, what? I guess they could run some extra drills to get shake the extra I, rust off. I mean, these guys I have think all at been this skiing. point. It's all rust. Right? It is. Yeah, yeah. So, but they're going to be coming back like before New Year's. So we're okay. talking about like just after Christmas, and that doesn't give a lot of time to get this all in motion, especially when you consider. Guys like Patrick Laine, he's in Finland right now. And it's not, you can't just, in this day and age, you can't just hop on a plane and get to the next city and then just pick up, you know, where you left off. Now when you make uh, seven, several million dollars a year, I think you got a better chance of getting a flight. <laughs> yes, for sure. You can charter, and we've seen that. I think the last time they actually sent a charter, or the Finnish guys like Barkov and that, they actually hired a paid a, a, a small fortune, which to them would have been chump change to, to right. charter a plane. But right. yeah, so things are happening. And as you mentioned off the top, Steve, the Manitoba government uh, removed what could have been an obstacle here locally by saying yesterday, um, sure guys, the rest of the province is locked down. Every other hockey team has to go dark for the foreseeable future. You won't be able to see your family over Christmas, but yeah, the Winnipeg Jets no problem. You guys can come and skate and practice, which um, isn't sitting well, I think, with some people, to say the least. Well, the squeaky wheels, anyways. There yeah. seems to be squeaky wheels on everything uh, that uh, the government does, for sure. Uh, uh, social media is uh, full of squeaky wheels. <laughs> um, you know, they shouldn't be having drive-in church services, and they right. shouldn't be doing this, and they shouldn't be doing that, et cetera, et cetera. And so everybody wants to voice their... Uh, squeaky wheels and nimbies are yeah. the, the, the not in my backyard people as well. Yeah, so I got a couple emails last night uh, from uh, readers asking me what I thought about the decision. Uh, I haven't responded to the emails. I may just write a little bit about, about it in my playbook tomorrow. Um, uh, in general, I, I accept it. Um, I tend to accept things that the government decides to do because it's I'm powerless over cha to, to change it really. Do you know what I mean? And so we hired them. We did. We voted them in and all of that or whatever. And so, and so I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to just accept the rules and the guidelines or whatever. Uh, I, I, although I'm not against people protesting against them as well. I mean, that's, that's the country that we live in and, or even pushing the envelope like some people have done to, to maybe uh, facilitate, say change in the guidelines, I'm not against that either. Um, so I, I guess the, the the one thing out of all of it that two things about it that kind of if there's one thing that bugs me about it is that the players don't have to self isolate upon entering Canada. If there's one dangerous possibility, dangerous being I don't want to be too hyperbolic about it, but if there's one thing that could cause a situation, it would be a player coming into Winnipeg and not having to self-isolate and then going out and doing whatever he's doing uh, and and then and not knowing that he's positive, right? Do you know what I mean? So I don't think that that, I, I wasn't, I'm not crazy about that rule. I, they had that rule originally 
for the last bubble. They did. Right? And and I'm not sure that it that should have been grandfathered to this bubble. Especially with the numbers so much Correct. worse now. And we all over the world. All over the and world. Where these people are regardless coming from, of where yeah. you're coming from. And right. let's face it, a lot of these guys are in Florida. Right. Um, where there's COVID everywhere. So right. um yeah, that, that is concerning because even though these guys are going to lay low in Winnipeg, they're not going to be... They are? Well, they, they, they I think they lay low anyways, but presumably they still have to go do things like get groceries, right? Right. Uh, I mean, they got to eat, So and, and that goes for their spouses or their children who will be coming here with them. Um, now, I believe that the team itself will assist if they can in some of those things to really limit how much they have to go out, it, it, where they're almost just going to be at home and at the rink. But you're right. That is a, a concerning thing. And not just here. That goes for every Canadian. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. They don't have to. Yeah, I'm not against the Listen, the, the Jets can control the environment that they're going to be in as far as training camp goes, right. where it's there's no risk to to the public health. What I didn't hear yesterday, and maybe you can answer this or whatever, have they decided where they're going to play? In Winnipeg? Yeah. <clears throat> well, my understanding... No, they didn't address yes. that, but yeah. my understanding in, in asking around a little bit with the organization is that the understanding is the permission to hold training camp will also extend to permission to play uh, games. Oh, oh, okay. So I have a little bit more concern about that. Because there's way more people staff, involved staff-wise sure. in putting on a hockey game at Bell MTS Place than there is a holding training camp at the Iceplex. So I, I, th- that one I'm, I, I'm a little bit more... Put it this way. The Jets are not anticipating any issues standing in their way of holding games as early as January 13th at Bell MTS. Unlike, say, the San Jose Sharks, who right. may not be able to do that because right. the county in California specifically said no to contact sports. We're if they l- said no to the 49ers, I can guarantee you. <laughs> the Sharks not, are not. The sharks exactly. Are not. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're SOL. These are the sure. 49ers, Matt. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, I mean, it is interesting. And, and I don't know why they didn't address that yesterday if they didn't just want to put the cart before the horse they want to wait till it's actually formed but although training camps haven't been announced either and they were willing to address that yesterday but you're right there is going to be game op staff um i mean there won't be fans so you don't have to have vendors selling but there are going to be staff in the building and that does open up the possibility all right folks we're back for the second period of our jet cetera podcast uh chatting about uh, hockey and the jets and playing and whether they should be playing and all that in the first period uh mike the world juniors are scheduled for edmonton uh over the holiday period um five canadian kids were sent uh, the, the the team the canadian team just got back on the ice yesterday um and and, and before they got on the ice they sent five players home uh, who are unfit to play, uh, which I guess means they have COVID. Um, One of them we know did, Ridley Gregg, who plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings, right. confirmed that he had COVID. Okay. <clears throat> and he says that he's recovered, but he's still unfit because interesting, and I saw an interview that somebody in Medicine Hat did with Greg yesterday, and he said that he's still feeling the effects of it. He had it like weeks ago. Right. Which... To me is interesting because we always assume when we talk about athletes getting COVID, oh, they'll be fine, right? They're young, they're fit. Yeah, um, there's lots well, of stories about not. For sure. So here's yeah. a young, fit 
kid right. who now like almost a month after he had COVID is still apparently not fit to try out for the national junior team. Right. Uh, there was another Manitoban as well who was sent home. Um, Hunt? I got the paper right in front of here, me here, Mike. I believe I, there I have, was two, there was. The, I, have, I have his name here. Yeah, Damon. Here, uh, Damon Hunt. Damon yeah. Hunt. So unable to continue. <clears throat> now they didn't yeah. say if he. Now we do know though a couple players contracted COVID in the bubble, which is what shut everything down a couple weeks ago. And Steve, it's not just Canada that's having issues. Have you seen what's happening? With Team Sweden right now. Yeah, Sweden's got a bunch, including their coach. Like almost all of their coaches. Oh, is it all of their coaches? I believe they're up to four members of the coaching staff. And one of their issues, they said, is that they've made it clear you can't, if, if you suddenly are running short somewhere, you can't parachute others in. Like the, the players may almost be coaching themselves at this point, the way that's going. Wow. Okay. Sweden's, I think. Are they, they here? Not yet. They're no, about okay. to come here. Okay. I think they're coming on Saturday or Sunday to Edmonton. So the the big question is, you know, will it continue? Should it continue? What do you think? Well, it it will. It will continue it for will, sure. By the way, it will. I mean, yeah. that is a marquee event for TSN, right? Yeah, it's a huge TV event. It's a it's a holiday tradition in Canada to uh, watch uh, Canada on Boxing Day, right? Do right. You mean? And. Uh, and uh, so, and it's, and um, I've heard they're, they're even talking about possibly proceeding if a couple teams dropped out and Sweden is a potential to drop out, uh, that they could still play, that they would play with eight teams instead of 10. So they've, I mean, that's fine. Although yeah. if you lose Sweden, you lose one of the marquee yeah, for sure, uh, yeah. attractions. Um, so yes, they will play. Should they play? I mean, these are teenagers, right? Like, th- there's the argument to be made that junior hockey is kind of exploiting cheap teenage labor. I don't know. What do <laughs> I you think? There's some lawsuits over that. There are some lawsuits <laughs> out of that. Actually, Rick Westhead's yeah. been been writing a lot about that. Yeah. There's some ugly lawsuits yeah. over that. Um, I don't know. I mean, these. I think, ki- the, I think the kids won, didn't they? I'd have to they go did, look yeah. for sure, but they won. They're going to get some money, right? And yeah. we know there's. I mean, not to suggest these kids are being abused, but we know junior hockey's littered with horrible cases of abuse of kit. So, I know there's something a little unseemly about these kids who, you know, they're being put in this bubble. These five kids that got sent home. Nice experience they just had. You basically got locked in a Red Deer hotel room for two weeks. And now you're told, sorry, guys, uh, we're not even going to consider you. Uh, they probably had a good time playing I'm video sure. games, right? You know yeah. I mean, I mean they would have been doing it probably at home anyways. Room service or whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, nobody can go out anyways. I mean, we're all locked down anyways. Is there something, so. though, a little unseemly about us piggybacking off these kids for our entertainment, I mean, are they are they being used and abused in that sense? Uh, you know, I don't know that I want to go there. Um, let me, you know, I could, a lot of them I benefit for that. sure. I, like this opens doors, right? I, for I mean, kids. we do that in general with with that with, sure. with sports, I think, or lots of different things, right? I mean, I mean so. does it change once they become eighteen? Is it less unseemly, or I guess once they start getting paid for their work, like maybe, yeah. But um, no, I mean. The World Junior, it, it is, as you say, a marquee event, especially when it's held in Canada, as it's going to be this year. Interesting to me, Steve, that the New York Rangers refused to allow uh, Alexis Lafreniere 
to be released to go play for the World Juniors, even though the NHL, we know now, they're not starting till January 13th. Camps wouldn't start till, like, he could have gone to play. Close. I mean, their camp now is probably going right. to start, let's January say, January 1st. Or, right. So, yeah, you know, and if Canada makes the gold medal game, I think that's on the 5th. So, 8th, maybe oh, even. Yeah. I, so, it, they are cutting it close for sure, especially for a first year player who probably you want to integrate them into yeah, the. And you're exposing them to an environment that you can't control. Like, do you want that guy, you know, well, you want and that, that was going to be my COVID, point. Yeah. I wonder if them not doing that, does it have. Is it more a reflection of the the conditions that they're not Probably all of it? They're yeah. not a hundred percent on board. Like as you said in the first period, teams can control their own environment, but maybe the feeling is well, we can't really control what goes on in Edmonton. And in fact, we've already seen it kind of got out of control, like right off the hop, right? Yeah, I think that there's there's this there, we've seen so much of it now in sports. Um, well, we've seen so much of it just in general, but. I think that you know where there's been there were cases in the baseball, there were cases in the NFL. Um, it sounds like there's a few cases going into NBA camps yeah. here. Um, there's Three probably members of the Raptors, I right? Think, yesterday, yeah, I th- those were. I think that was staff, yeah. though, right? So I think that you know, like we said before, like originally we shut down all the sports because one guy had it. Um, I think that it's just become accepted here now uh, that sports will carry on. Uh, with positive tests, right. and that's just—it's just, it's just a, a guy going on the injury reserve for the for the ten days or whatever, and and it's just a matter of fact now. I don't, I don't, don't you yeah, feel for that? sure. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. To, uh, to I don't lo- know whether that's right or wrong, but that—that's reality. That's just the way it is. Yeah. To bring it home locally here, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, would you consider recalling Cole Perfetti to say, you know what, we'd actually rather you don't go play in the world juniors this year. We want you in camp um, with us and we'd like you to be in camp with us without COVID. <laughs> and so, I mean, the Jets aren't going to do that. I think they're happy that he's going to, you know, play on this stage and get an opportunity. There's also a difference between Alexi Lafreniere, the number one overall pick, who is almost a lock to make the Rangers, Cole Perfetti, who's probably a bigger question mark for the Jets. Uh, at least this season as an 18-year-old. Although the Ontario Hockey League, Steve, they're not even playing till February. And if they do play, it's apparently going to be without body checking. Is that an environment as an NHL team? Would you want your marquee prospect sitting a month and then going to play without I would contact? I would imagine he would be on their on their bubble if you want to call it taxi that, squad or taxi or, squad yeah. right so he at least he would they'll practice. keep him around I think he would for that at least first practice month. with the team I would imagine anyways yeah you gonna watch the world juniors Steve um I'm still uh, I'm st- so this past weekend I don't know if you saw this last week I wrote in my playbook that or we talked about this last yes, week where the big t- month for TV big month for TV so this past weekend I decided I was going to watch something on television sports-wise, right? So for you folks at home that don't know this, um, I I don't watch a lot of sports unless I'm paid to do it. Um, but anyways, um, so I just, uh, on Sunday, I was going to watch something, and I, so I was going to watch the football game Sunday night. Yeah. Kansas City was playing. Patrick McHolmes was the quarterback, right? You know, blah, 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 Love blah. Love watching him play. So, um, so then I was playing around with my my subscription to TSN and blah, blah, blah. I couldn't get it figured out on my Apple TV. And so I ended up watching a really, really good show 
on uh, the making of the album Led Zeppelin IV. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went down a bit of a different route. It was route. way better, by the way. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I love, listen, I love Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant, to me, is the greatest singer of all time. And um, so then I ended up watching YouTube and Led Zeppelin videos. Down most the rabbit of night. hole. Yeah, and so I've been listening to Led Zeppelin almost the entire week now. Um, Houses of the Holy Folks, wow. You know, what an underrated album. Anyway, so... Did you see them in concert? I never did, no. no. <laughs> um, I don't know that... No, I would have been too young for that. I saw Robert Plant, though. So, anyways, um, he was here. So, um, I you have not ordered TSN I have not yet. watched... Uh, you got a but I got my password stuff figured out yesterday, so I'm... I'm, I'm, I changed my passwords. I know what my password is now. And so at any moment's notice, if I want to watch something on TSN, I can type in that password Mike, <laughs> and, uh, and watch it. So now it's just a matter of, is there anything going to watch? But I haven't decided if there's anything I'm going to watch yet. So, but maybe the world juniors will see. Well, you got a couple weeks to figure it out still. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our jet Setra podcast. Uh, Mike. Yesterday, uh, the Lou Marsh Award, which is known as the Canadian Athlete of the Year Award, um, has been awarded for 82 years, uh, was given out to both Laurenta Duvarnay-Tardif and Alfonso Davies in a tie of the voting 37 votes, uh, 37 people vote. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, 18 of them voted for Tardif, Duvernay Tardif. 18 voted for Alfonso Davies. Uh, I'm sure you folks know who One for Jamal Murray, I believe. One for Jamal Murray, who's a really good basketball player for the Nuggets. For those of you who don't know, uh, I'm just going to say Tardif. uh, Won a Super Bowl as a starter with the Chiefs. Uh, before becoming the first NFL player to opt out of the 2020 season. And then he chose to volunteer his time. He's a doctor, medical school graduate. He he chose to volunteer his time in a long-term care facility in his home province. And um, this other fellow is now 20, but he was 19, I believe. He became the first Canadian to win a Champion League's men's title with Bayern Munich. Um, Last week... I had to. I, I got a. I got a ballot for the Canadian Press Male, Female, and Team of the Year. This is a different award, folks. And I wrote a playbook asking people what they, th- who they thought uh, I should vote for. I ended up voting for uh, Duvernay Tardif, uh, uh, but I got some compelling uh, emails from people. Uh, most notably, John Kendall, who is our uh, the managing editor of our Canstar papers. Loves the football. He does indeed, uh, who made a very football. good very good argument for for Davies. So, um, I don't know. I guess a tie was good enough, I guess. <clears throat> what do you the, think? Yeah, I, I wrote a column on Monday uh, advocating for Devarnay Tardif uh, because I think, look, if you're just going by what happened on the playing field, uh, it's tough to make the argument for him. He only I played won a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl, but in a in an ultimate team sport. Yeah. But and he he only played three games the in all of the. The kid plays a team sport too. He does. Um, but to me, uh, if there ever was a year 
to look at a bigger picture. It's what Devarnay Tardif did off the field and the message that he sent. And I mean, it's just, he walked away, Steve, from like $8 million, which, okay, he's got a $40 million five-year contract. I'm sure he'll be just fine financially. But still, that's not a small thing. And you win a championship and then you you say goodbye to your teammates because you want to go basically work on another team, which is one that's fighting COVID on the front lines. And as we all know, uh, long-term care facilities in Quebec were ravaged early in the pandemic. Like I'm sure he saw and experienced some pretty terrible things because that was kind of like what we've seen with some personal care homes here in Manitoba. Ugly situation and good on him for balancing, I guess, an athletic career and looking bigger picture as to what he wants to do. So Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. I, you know, I got an email uh, after you wrote your column. I got an email from my former guidance counselor at the Dakota Collegiate, um, who is a a member of the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, Mr. Dennis Nord. He was a very involved in Volleyball Canada for many years. And uh, and um, he said, he sent an email saying, slam dunk, Steve, for Duvarnay Tardif. <laughs> I thought it was too. And um, yeah, it's a, 2020 was a very different year. Like the, I get that the, the Davies seems to be a pretty good football player. Um, he apparently... ESPN has ranked him as the second best left fullback in the world, whatever that means. Right. I'm not a big soccer fan. For here, a Canadian, folks. that's that's I, uncharted it is. territory yeah, for sure. And, and so and they won a Champions League title and so but I just thought that in this year I mean Sports <laughs> Illustrated recognized uh, it's one of their sportsmen of the year. Sportsmen yeah. of the year, you know, and um so um anyways, uh the vote. Let's let's talk about the vote though for a second, yeah. Mike. And I was going to send you a note, an email about this. So just so you know, folks, the vote for the Lou Marsh Award. The Lou Marsh Award is handed out by the Toronto Star. Let's let's so the Toronto Star, and then there's the Canadian Press, uh, male and female athlete of the year, and it, they they kind of compete. And then uh, and um, I have a vote for that. And uh, all sports editors and different sports people all over across the country right. have a vote for that. And the sports editor at the Canadian Press, Mike Kareen, uh, was, was was sure to to pass that out to a, a really far net of people to ensure that it got a, a good uh, uh, to represent everybody. Whereas the the Lou Marsh Award, folks, just so you know, out of the 37 voters, four of them are from Western Canada. None of them are from Manitoba. So I'm presuming that the other 33 are from Ontario and Quebec. So uh, because people were going at Damien Cox, who he's the chair, I believe, of the Lou Marsh Committee. He, he actually... The columnist for the Toronto Star, by the way. Right, although he's not on staff. I believe he's now freelance. Right, right. Um, well, he left and he went to Sportsnet and then he... Then I, what happened to him at Sportsnet, by the way, anyways? They fired him. They did, did they? Yeah. Okay. So he, he uh, <laughs> sorry about that. He, nice suits. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's a bit of a lightning rod, I think. Um, so he actually tweeted who the four are uh, in Western Canada. Uh, I don't know if you know who they are. I don't know. Rob Vanstone, no. who's with uh, Regina, Regina Leader Post. Vicky Hall with she's with Canadian Press, I think, right out of she, Edmonton. Yeah, she was. Or she, she with Post for Media the Journal, but anyways, okay. Uh, Harn Ryan Singh out of Calgary. I believe he works for Sportsnet. Okay. 
and uh, Karen Larson, who's from Vancouver. So they have uh, Regina, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver represented. Wow. Those are the four voters um, west of what Ontario. What did we do wrong? Well, so I was going to ask you, because I don't know the answer to this. When have we ever had a voter on the Lou Marsh committee? Not that like, I was know. Lawless I I or uh, any of the No, not that I know of. Wiesick wasn't. No, no, not that I know of, Mike. So people were going at Damien Cox. Saying, I'm a much more. I'm a bigger fan of the Canadian Press Award. I, yeah, I am, well, frankly, yeah. I, I also think when you look at the disparity of votes here, the Canadian Press Award is much more representative of the entire country. I'm not saying this. Plus, they have a male and female and team male award. and female exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Terry Jones, actually, legendary oh. reporter, he was tweeting at... Uh, he's not on it? He's not. And he was pointing out that there's nobody in Edmonton, to which Damien Cox said, we had Mark Spector. He opted out last year. People drop out. We try to fill the spots as fast as we can, but there's more representation from the West now than for the first 60 years of the award, says Damien Cox. So four is more than they've had in the first 60 yeah, years. Yeah, I, I don't know the entire history of this, but I, because I don't care, frankly, and I'm not sure why we're even... <laughs> this just seemed like a good topic to rail on Toronto, frankly. <laughs> was it almost uh, entirely a star award? It was, yeah. yeah. And it was a, it was in competition. Yeah, it, it really was. Why it, don't we start our own awards, Steve? We are. Well, we're, you know what we're going to do? Taylor. Uh, Taylor yeah. Allen, our, young, uh, uh, our youngest sports reporter. I think he's younger than Jeff. Um, what we're going to have is we're going to have the memorable moments from 2020. And we're going to try to, this is something I've kind of wanted to do for many years or whatever, and just have been too lazy to do it. So I'm really glad that somebody, <laughs> Taylor's going to do it. That's me, folks. <laughs> this is why you don't get good stuff, because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but if one of these reporters is going to do it, I'm all in. So <laughs> Taylor's compiled sort of a good preliminary list. He's he been sending it around, and we're all going to sort of weigh in this week on... Uh, I send the email to remind people to do yes. work. Yes, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm, I've already uh, joked with Taylor because he's a huge pro wrestling fan like I am that he failed to include a Winnipegger named Kenny Omega who just won the fictional championship in the fake uh, wrestling AEW, which you said got you thinking about A&W last week. It did, yeah. Uh, I am surprised Taylor had enough willpower to not include a wrestler on his top 10 moments. He knows my thoughts on that. Right, that would not uh, make the final cut. But nah. yeah, I mean, I guess if this started as a Toronto Star Award, it would make sense that it was very yeah. Ontario-based. I guess, I mean, it would be nice to have a Manitoba vote. I don't care who it is, but I mean, would it have changed the result this year? Probably not. No, I don't think anyone's accusing the results of being uh, Ontario biased. No, are they're they? not. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, absolutely not. I, I just, um, I just think that it was uh, uh, odd that they. Uh, uh, there's more soccer maybe in that that Golden Horseshoe down there. Where's Alfonso so. Davies from? Remind me again. Is he from Ontario? I'd have to look in this story. I know Devarney Tardif is from Quebec, but again, I mean, I would have, if I had a vote, I would have voted for him. That wouldn't have changed it. Nothing to do with where he's from. I think Alfonso Davies is, is an Ontario kid. I don't think he's a Western boy. I, I, I was curious why the Western thing came up this year. Like it almost, I wasn't sure, or pe were people suggesting that the, the, the 18, 18 one vote was somehow eastern influenced like to me that's a non-issue this year but i'm i'd be 
certainly open for more inclusion uh, from across the country. Just before we wrap up, Steve, you mentioned that you voted for him as your male athlete. Who'd you vote for your female athlete of the oh year? Oh my God, I can never pronounce her name. The 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 WNBA player. Oh yes. Uh, could... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know who you're talking. About. Oh I can't. My goodness, um, I, I have it here. I'll have to get back to you, folks. A cliffhanger um, for the overtime session. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, hopefully, I can find. Yeah, I'll find it by then. Those uh, get announced, I assume, just before Christmas or over the Christmas holidays. I yeah, guess. Yeah, so silly that I can't remember her name. And plus, I'm terrible with names. I barely remember your name. I barely remember my name on most days. Um, we'll get so, back to you on that and one. Then folks. I voted for. My headphones are acting weird here, Mike. Team then, of the year. And then for team of the year, I voted for the Canadian uh, Olympic and Paralympic teams for their decision to opt out of the Olympics. Which really got the ball rolling on the whole Olympics it, being postponed. It did, yes. And so, um, so there was a theme to my picks. It was all basically uh, based on what people had done off the field. Great athletes, but also great people and great Correct. leadership. Correct. Okay, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setter podcast. First things first, Mike, I voted for Natalie Achanwa. She plays for the Indiana Fever uh, in the WNBA and for Team Canada as well, of course. And she won the WNBA's Don Staley Community Leadership Award for helping to raise awareness for a mental health yep. and for racial injustice during Black Lives Matters. So uh, she was, you know, and I read a number of stories about her. So what she did, what Duvernay Tardif did, and what the Olympic teams did off the field, in my mind, was much more representative of 2020 than anything that anybody did on the field or in basically TV studios. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, like so. If ever there was a year to look at the bigger yeah, picture, this was it was year. this year. Yeah, yeah, this Did I ever year. tell you my hilarious WNBA team story when I was on an airplane with an entire team? No. Two years ago, I was on a Jets trip, trying to. I believe I was flying from Dallas to Minneapolis. I think I was coming back. The Jets had played in Dallas, and uh, the Minnesota Lynx. I believe is the women's NBA team in Minnesota. Uh, they had played, I guess, a game as well. And they don't have, unlike say the NBA, they don't fly, they don't have a, their own charter. They fly commercial. So I was on this little plane. It was like an 80 seater and it wasn't a big plane at all. I, these women, the tallest women I've ever seen in my life. And it was incredible to watch them have to slouch to get on this plane I was already because I was sitting near the back and the whole team starts loading onto the plane and these poor women were having to like be hunched over the whole time because their heads were hitting the the ceiling yeah, of the basketball plane basketball players are tall people for sure but that's why I think they often fly on like a, a charter that's been right. retrofitted right. To, but not WNBA they're yeah. flying with uh schleps and um I was watching them sit for this like couple hour flight and just thinking, my God, this cannot be comfortable. Like these women, some of these women look like they were seven feet tall and this plane was probably six feet tall. <laughs> so that was my um, a new appreciation for their, uh, their impressive uh, physical abilities uh, for sure. I to mean, board they, a plane. To board a plane, <laughs> right. Like, I wondered how many of them went on the injured list after that yeah, exactly, flight. Yeah, 
Um, so, okay, so we, yeah, so we got that out of the way. So, okay, now on to our, as usual, we, we often talk about food. What did, what did that guy once say? We had a food cast going food here? Food cast, yeah. Food cast, yeah. So, so I mentioned last week that I've been having trouble getting takeout that you phone and you phone and you phone or there's waiting, you know, and, and that if, if, if these restaurants in Winnipeg want us to help to support them during this time that, you know, maybe they should hire some staff right. and pay some staff to answer the bloody phones. I can say that on a podcast, can't I? You can, absolutely. So, say yeah, a lot worse than that, too. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, um, anyway, so we were talking about this last Wednesday. So, last Wednesday, I decided, well, I'm going to try again. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I didn't have anything for at home for dinner, so I'm going to try to pick up some Thai food from this place uh, in my neighborhood. I won't say what it is or whatever. I'm phoning, I'm phoning, I'm phoning. No answer. Uh, just whatever at, at, at some point. And then I remembered that you had mentioned Santa Lucia. Santa Lucia. So I phoned Santa Lucia and got through. They answered the phone like right away. <laughs> Shocking. Okay. And then took my order. It was all good. Got a nice pizza and a salad and uh, some chicken. They got great chicken there, by the way. Their fried chicken. So go there. I pick it up. Blah, 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 blah. But I get to the window. So they got this little window in the side or whatever. Right. And I get there and I'm paying for it. And so it was thirty six twenty five, right? And I had a couple of 20s, so I give the girl a couple of 20s, and she says, do you need any change? And I'm like, yeah. It's 36.25. It's 36.25. And she kind of looked at me, and I was like, well, what's up with that? And so I, I kind of just left it, and then I, then the guy brought my food out to the car, which was really nice of him or whatever, but um, I could have tipped him. But, and then, but lately, I've been seeing on Twitter that people are encouraging us to don't forget the tip during takeout. I've never tipped during takeout. Like what? Tipping like during I, takeout. Like what, what's up with that? Well, it sort of flies in the face of what tipping is supposed to be about, right? Tipping is supposed to be about service. Yeah, I went and got it. How about tipping me? <laughs> How about a discount, a discount for me coming and picking it up, frankly? Which some places actually they have do. done that. Yeah. Um, they should. But you're right. I mean, so I assume, and we. I think we talked about this. I've noticed, Steve, I don't know about you. <laughs> Some restaurants seem to have already built in additional fees to their, like restaurants we often frequent. I've seen the prices go up in the last six months. Yeah. Because I think they've they've decided that they're going to, they need to bring in some extra revenue. That's one way to do it. But now if you're adding a tip on top of that, when as you say, it's just the bare minimum that they're doing, like... Well, just getting your food ready. I, yeah, I, if I go to Seven Eleven and buy some wings or whatever, You're I'm not, not going to tip the cashier guy, right? Don't I mean like it's like, and he had to cook them. Yeah, I just, I just the tipping thing is just it's out of control. Uh, I, I'm not I, I, the whole tipping thing, right? I don't know how it started. I don't know why they just don't pay people decent wages, and then they don't have to worry about all this tipping. It's just like it's the same with ordering food like yeah. these from these services or whatever you got the service fee <laughs> you got the delivery fee and then you got the tipping like like I, i'm not gonna i'm not doing that man so it's i too much i have i i guess i found a happy medium but it, i almost feel awkward doing it i'll leave like a little tip where i almost walk away sometimes feeling silly about it like almost where, was like that thing so, yeah so i'll go and i'll leave like a two dollar tip but I think to myself, well, is by the way, I gave her a buck seventy-five. Yeah, but felt guilted into it, right? right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, like, is that almost 
would I have been better to just not tip anything? Like, is that insulting? I don't know why I worry about that, but I do. I worry, did I just well, they insult might spit them? on the food next time. Yeah, <laughs> well, true. Um, but you're right. I doubt they're going to do that. I, I've <laughs> always... Please don't send me any letters. I've <laughs> always equated tipping good service, good tip. Um, but if there's no real service other than just getting the food to the counter that you then come and pick up. Nobody's bringing it to your table. They're not refilling your drinks. They're not checking on you. How was your, they're not calling me while I'm at home. Yeah, that'd be Mr. Good, eh? McAdair, uh, Mr. Lyons, are you enjoying your meal? Uh, how's the steak? Could, could I get you anything else? Like if they did that, maybe a call, a follow-up call. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could see, but I do wonder different times if, we're alone in kind of wrestling with that. Listen, I love takeout. I love delivery. I love restaurants. I love all the food or whatever, but it's, it's becoming difficult here. Like you're, it's already difficult enough. I got to go out. I got to put a mask on, blah, blah, blah. But they're making it hard on me, man. I, I want to, I want to support them. But man, if you're going to like a not answer the phone and then B and, and by the way, one of the places that I, I took me two days to finally get sushi from sushi place. Yeah, she also wanted a tip. Like, <laughs> and was she subtle about it? Or no, oh. no. Like, oh, do you need some change? Yeah, I need my change. <laughs> See, I never pay cash, so I I avoid That's that the step. Idea. Right, because there's there never. I mean, now it's more of a private question when you get that you know your, right. your debit card correct yeah yeah tip and then you can just hit like f4 or whatever there to just we go skip that's a good go idea right mike that's the solution yeah so you don't feel guilted into it quite the, although if i, I hit got this the, 50 dollar bill in my pocket though what am i going to do with that the only place i can use it is buying some some takeout right right mm-hmm. and 50 bucks i mean if, especially if it's for yourself that's probably gonna there's gonna be some That'd change be yeah exactly yeah big time change so yeah i just <laughs> never have cash on me I, i'm all plastic all the time so uh it, it avoids the issue you're hardly plastic mike <laughs> not at all come on now all right folks uh, we've probably gone way over our time. Sorry, Jen. Producer Jen. <laughs> Somebody has to edit this. Um, Jen had a great column, by the way. Let me just get a quick shout out in today's Winnipeg Free Press okay. about something I laugh about. Um, the idea of a customer or at a store when a product isn't available and people always asking, can you check in the back? She wrote a whole column about the fictional back, like as this mythical place where they keep all the good stuff hidden from they customers. Do. They do <laughs> well, but how many? I always ask. You ask if something's in the back. Can, can you check the back? Absolutely, all the time. The other day, I was at Sobeys. I asked the guy to check and see if there was any cauliflower. He went and brought a whole carton out, Mike. Why were they hiding it? Well, they just hadn't. They just to hadn't it gotten around yet. to filling no, it. Hadn't it been up. Delivered. Yeah. I always ask. You should. It was a funny column. Oh, well, well written by Jen, but about the mythical back, which in your case, you're saying that actually that it's there. It, I worked in retail for five years before I got into the uh, into the newspaper business. There is stock in the back. The, it just hasn't been put out. I was at Superstore recently, and they and and they didn't want to go into the back to check for something. Eventually, I forced them to go look, and sure enough, it was there. And another time recently, I, there was no chicken thighs. I asked them to go check, and the lady brought out a bunch of chicken thighs. It's it's in there, folks. Don't let Jen fool you. <laughs> Jen, are you listening? The stuff is there. It's in the back. I got All the right. cauliflower. We'll be back <laughs> okay, in thanks. a week from now. Uh, have a great week, folks. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.